Most people are not equipped to understand the seemingly endless facets of an HOA. That's why we're here, to help you become uncommonly prepared to serve your HOA. Whether you're a board member or a manager, join us in the Uncommon Area. Welcome to the Uncommon Area. I am Matthew Holbrook, and today's topic is fire life safety issues. And joining me today to talk about this is John Ramirez. And John, um, appreciate you taking the time to do that this morning. Um, so this particular topic is um, kind of super relevant in that um, it's possible that if um, compliance isn't met, people could actually go to jail over this, theoretically. Um, so uh, this is a, an important topic, and uh, we want to make sure that we help associations, help managers, help board members um, think through what are the things they need to do to be in compliance with fire life safety issues. And uh, also just having the, having the consideration that this is actually what is good and healthy and right and safe for the residents of our, um, our buildings and communities. So... Um, when we talk about fire life safety, I, mean, I guess just to start with, from your perspective, what are we what are we specifically talking about? What are the types of things that should come to mind? When you talk about fire life safety, it's the safety uh, equipment that alerts the residents in any property of a fire alarm or smoke in their building. Um, it's a required testing that needs to be done per the fire code. So, you know, what residents need to remember is uh, this equipment is for their safety. You know, at the end of the day, it's for their safety is to alert them of an emergency in their building um, and taking it serious is should be priority to all of them. So um, the 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 issue that we're talking about is that there's regular testing that needs to take place in buildings for fire life safety. What are the what are the types of, of testing that need to be considered? So there, there are about seven different tests that needs to be completed. One is the fire panel. So they'll go through the fire panel and make sure that all the alerts go to the fire panel and they're specifically detailed on where the alarms are coming from. The second test is the strobes, pool stations, and speakers also get tested. Um, stairwell doors also get tested to make sure they're shutting and closing completely. Um, stairwell fans also get tested. Elevators get tested to make sure they come down during a fire alarm. Um, emergency generators also get tested to make sure they come on when a fire alarm does happen. And lastly, a fire pump. The fire pump also gets tested to make sure it can shoot the water pressure up to the rooftop. So are all of these things tested at the same time? They're, they're tested on different days. Some of these tests take longer than others. So fire pumps and fans and stairwells get done one day. Uh, emergency generators get a whole day because you got to turn off the power to the entire building. So it's an inconvenience to residents and some commercial units down below. So that test is about four or five hours to get completed. Um, depending on the size of the property, it could take anywhere from three days to about two weeks to get done. Okay, but it, it can be done all in the same time period, usually by one company that's doing the testing. That's it's not like you're scheduling multiple different things to, to happen. Correct, and, and you gotta talk to your vendors that you bring out. So certain vendors don't have the special license to like do the elevator testing or the fire pump testing. So they will bring out like a fourth third party out to come uh, test that equipment. 
but there are a few that can bring it all together and complete that test. Okay. And the testing needs to be done for all of these. Are they all um, annual requirements? Yes. Everything's annual. So everything needs to get done annual. And the fire inspectors love to come to your property and inspect. They'll love to see the paperwork to make sure it was done. Um, if it's not completed, they can actually hold back your fire permit to the property, which then puts you in noncompliance. Okay. And so we're not talking about just doing the testing. The testing is going to um, bring to light if there are any deficiencies or anything that needs to be addressed. Um, and uh, is there any, is there any um, different types of classification that they would give uh, as to what those deficiencies are? And I, I don't know if I'm even asking this right, but like are some things like fix this when you can and other things are like, you better fix this right now or else, or <laughs> how, how, does, how does that play out? So when the test is completed, uh, they have up to two days to give you the full report, right? That's an obligation that the fire code puts on these vendors to give back to us so we know what needs to be repaired. Um, any repairs that are made from any of those different um, subjects uh, require a 30-day fix, okay? Whether it's an emergency or not, it's 30 days. And it could be as small as we're just replacing a pool station. They want it done in 30 days. Um, fire inspectors are getting real strict nowadays, um, especially in the bigger buildings. They're coming out every six months just to be sure that those testing uh those repairs are getting completed within the 30 days. And if they're not, then they're going to want to know why. They want some kind of report from you or the board members to explain why these pieces of equipment haven't been completed. So for managers, the, the main takeaway is get these scheduled on an annual basis. Um, when you get the report back two days later, then uh, those anything that needs to be addressed out of the, that report needs to be prioritized to be addressed within the next 30 days. For board members in particular, if any of those items come out that there's proposals required or there are higher dollar amounts that require board approval, then the board needs to do whatever is is uh, required of them to be able to make those decisions and keep that ball moving right. and to get that addressed as quickly as possible. Correct. And if the board has at least a good game plan, like, you know, we're getting proposals, um, you know, we got to get a vote from the, you know, the, the rest of uh, the residents in the building, then they understand that, you know, they're, they're pretty good about that, but we just have to give them a game plan on what's happening. So we need to be specific about here's how we're, we're, we're moving towards getting compliance. That's correct. And addressing that. And obviously what everybody's ultimately concerned about is the safety of, of the residents. Of the residents, right. Um, when a manager or a board member is going out to get proposals for, from the vendors to do this testing, um, and then they, let's say they, uh, they approve a proposal. What's the, what's the lead time to actually go from uh, approving a proposal to how long, like, is this something they can schedule pretty quickly usually, or is it like need to be scheduled months in advance? Uh, from day one. So if you go out there to go to bid to, to approval, it's, you know, about two to three weeks is, is the lead time between those two from, from getting proposals to the approval. Uh, once you get the approval, the vendor could probably schedule out within a week or two. Okay, so they property. can move pretty quickly. They can move pretty quickly, yes. All right. But you want to be able to give as much time and notice to the residents when this happens because it's a huge inconvenience. You know, they're going to hear alarms and sirens, power outages, doors open and closed. So, you know, it's good for the boards to always give at least their buildings at least a 30-day notice, if not longer, that this, you know, is this testing is going to be coming up. And then um, I would expect uh, that managers are going to have this on their annual calendars and it's going to be 
um, recurring every year to remind them this is something that they need to get done. Um, in the event that somehow that is missed, that there's an oversight, that uh, it it's just it just gets forgotten in for some reason, which I would hope for our managers that never happens. And I think we have a lot of processes in place to protect against that. Right. You're monitoring that. Their mm-hmm. annual calendars are monitoring that and so forth. But in the event that somehow all of that breaks down and it's missed um, – uh, what happens? Uh, it, is there a, is there a, a gentle reminder from the fire department or, um, what, what's the next step? Well, gentle reminders are never <laughs> <laughs> the fire department. They don't do nothing gentle. I mean, everything, everything for them is severe, which is, it should be right. It's the life of our residents. But if a fire alarm testing is forgotten for whatever reason, right? Um, the fire inspector comes to the property, they'll come and talk to the manager and they will give you a 30 days compliance letter. That's how it starts first. Now, after 30 days, if no movement has happened between the management or the board members, then they'll start sending out not just flyers, but they'll start sending out fines. Fines will start to follow. These fines could be anywhere from 5,000 to 10,000 a month before it gets tested. Now, if it escalates even more, now they can also start to, uh, the management or the board members could see jail time. You know, they can start sending out court letters saying they're demanding you in court and because you're not following the obligations of the fire code, you know, you could be seeing jail time. So bottom line, this is super serious, super important. We want to keep people safe. We want to keep people out of jail. We want to prevent fines. Um, And so um, we do want to prioritize getting this testing done every year and getting it done timely and then following up on the the repairs, the remedies that come out of those reports. That's correct. Anything else that I'm missing that I should have asked about? Yeah. One of the biggest keys uh, doing a fire testing is uh, it's called a fire procedure manual. So this is something that the fire code is starting to look for at the different properties. And basically it's a big book of telling the front desk staff, the, the, the staff on site and uh, the fire department that happen to go to your building on what to do, right? So the book has uh, instructions for the front desk on how to uh, take care of a fire uh, alarm when it happens in your building, how to evacuate a property, uh, what, ha- what to do during an earthquake, um, what happens during a blackout, and fortunately, what happens during an active shooter at a property. Um, it gives them uh, examples of what to do, how to evacuate the property if they need to evacuate the building, and who to call. And, and how can, do these books get developed? So we have vendors that come out, and they come and walk the property, and they create the books. So they create the books, and they determine, okay, where to exit the property, where are the safe havens at for your different properties, and uh, what to do and what to say to the different buildings. And then with these books, is there something that um, should be calendared as far as reviewing those regularly or doing training with the staff and the team members to make sure that that, that they're not just a book sitting in a drawer, but that it's actually helpful? Right. So when the vendor comes out, he's supposed to do it once a year. You know, uh, staff changes out once a year. So you always want to have a training with the staff and teach them what needs to be done and how to evacuate the property. You also do it with the residents. So we do two trainings with the residents per year. They do a morning class and a night class, and it shows them where to evacuate their unit, where the stairwells go, and where the safe havens are for their property. Um, In addition to doing a complete fire drill for their property, they will actually set all the alarms off in the building. They'll have them come all down the stairs, you know, kind of like what you used to do back in school. Right. You know, they do this for the property. So this is required once a year. It should be done once a year. You know, with all the new residents and all the new turnover, you want them to be really educated on what to do. 
Right. And just to uh, to clarify, um, the staff doesn't have to turn over every year. In fact, we hope that it doesn't. Right. Right. Uh, but in the event that there is any turnover, then right. um, then that will be uh, the training would be addressed every year um, with that process. Yeah. And it's more for like, you know, the residents, the residents come in and out. There's renters that come in. So you want them to be educated on what to do. Um you know, and then it's the contact list as well. You always want to make sure the contact is updated. You know, you have the current uh, general manager, current building engineer. You have the current uh, fire department number, police department number. That way, when the fire department does happen to go, they can follow that book and call the correct number. Yeah. And putting together that book, uh, do you know ballpark what vendors generally charge? What's the range? Uh, again, depending on the size of the property, but it's anywhere between thirty-five to fifty-five hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. And it could be done. It, it takes about uh, two months to get it completed, but I mean, it's the basic Bible of that building. It's, it should be at every property. And then, so that, that's, that's what you are going to do to get it, to get the book um, built the first time. And then are you paying that generally every year to update that? Or is it something less? If, if the building doesn't go through any remodels then it's less and it's for them to just to come out, to update the list, the contact list, and it can drop down from like a thousand dollars to 1500 bucks. Okay. Um, you know, you want them to still come out here yearly to test this. So that's something that should be on the maintenance calendar at all times. Uh, I know when I go out and do my annual inspections, it's something that I look for at the different properties um, and to make sure the contact list is up to date. Right. Well, anything else that we should be talking about on this subject? And lastly, right, uh, one of the biggest one is the fire pump. Right. So the fire pumps uh, for the building engineers, at least, we're required to run them. Um, we have electric ones and we have diesel ones. Um, and then the code is, uh, states that every month we have to run our fire pumps, especially the electric. Every month. Every month for at least 10 minutes. And that's the electric fire pump. Okay. Uh, I want to say 90% of our properties have electric fire pumps, but we do have the few that have diesels. And that's basically just a big motor that runs and that yeah. pumps water up to the building. Um, those are required to run weekly for 30 minutes. And uh, there's some type of documentation that when we run those, so that uh, that's, that's monitored and we're keeping some log of that. Correct. So we have a run log that the guys are obligated to fill out anytime they run the fire pump, um, sign and date. Um, they're also required to get certified. So not just anyone can go turn on the fire pump. Oh, hey, I did the test. They actually have to be certified in doing so. Um, they can get this at the local Cal Fire uh, station. It's like 80, 100 bucks to do it. Um, they go take the test, and then after that, it's 100 bucks a year just to renew it. But it, it's something that these fire uh, departments are starting to look for when they come out to the properties. And also the insurance companies. When they're walking the building, doing their annual three-year checkups to make sure that everything looks good, they're asking for these logs and the certificates just to make sure that there's no liability for the properties. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, uh, anything else? That's all I got for fire life safety. No, well, that's great. <laughs> and that's super helpful. So really appreciate that, John. Mm -hmm. And I uh, hope that was helpful to you. So uh, be sure to check out other episodes where we cover other topics. Mm -hmm.